We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artestis jumped over the scorer's table. Artestis in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. It is Wednesday, February 12th. Alex is good to be back. Uh, I'm still a little bit sick. I am a little sunburned as well, as you probably noticed. I wanted to just address that myself and get that out in the open. Luckily, uh, this is an audio podcast as opposed to a video podcast, so no one else can see that. Um, but we have a lot to get to on kind of the last real night of basketball before the All-Star break. There are two games on Thursday. Uh, four poor teams uh, have to play on that Thursday night, which I, I wrote a couple weeks ago for the site. Like, I, I think that, that should just be eliminated, right? Like. Yeah, there's no reason. Like, Zion Williamson is playing in a back-to-back. He's playing tomorrow night uh, against OKC, and then he's playing in the Rising Stars game on Friday in Chicago. So he's playing He's playing a, a home game in New Orleans on Thursday night, and then he has to go all the way up to Chicago and play on Friday, which you would think is kind of exactly what the league would want to eliminate. And I know that's a unique situation, and I'm kind of half-kidding, but no team should be playing on Thursday. Like, there's some teams were done last night. I think the Spurs, they don't play tomorrow. They don't play Thursday they have two extra days on break, um, you know, then, then New Orleans, OKC, the Clippers in Boston uh, who play on Thursday night. And, you know, th- those are made up throughout the year. But um, I think we can do away with that two-game slate on a Thursday. Yeah, no question. Um, but we have a ton of games tonight. Uh, as usual, the NBA packs the Wednesday slate, 11 games, uh, headlined, of course, by Hawks at Cavs, playing for the 45th time this season. 
Um, but the Bucks, we'll, we'll, we'll start at the top of the East. The Bucks won without Giannis on Monday, uh, kind of a sloppy-ish game against a, a Sacramento team that's also battling some injuries. Um, but the Bucks are now undefeated, 5-0, and without Giannis this season. They've won all those games by double digits. Those games have come against you know average to bad teams for the most part. Um, but they'll be without Giannis tonight uh, in Indiana. They're one-point favorites in that game. And you know I, I think without Giannis, you, you would like to think the Pacers should probably be able to win this game. But they come into this having lost six in a row. You know, Victor Oladipo is back in the starting lineup. He's back from injury. But he's been objectively terrible since he returned. I mean, his first game back, he hit that big pull-up three to send them to OT against Charlotte. And ever since then, it's just been really poor. He's under 30% shooting. His usage rate is at 29%, right about the, the same number as like Siakam, Towns, Ingram. Um, so he's kind of just killed them over this stretch. And I, I know you want to get Oladipo you know, back to where you need him to be to, to kind of be the, the high-ceiling team that you want. So you have to let Oladipo play through these you know, the slump and the rust that he's trying to shake off, but um, it's kind of cost them in, you know, in the last week and a half here. Yeah. I mean, the 28% usage rate with an offensive rating of 83 Sheesh. is about as atrocious as it gets uh, through not 83, 83 with a 113 defensive rating. He's a like Pistons esque 83. It's like minus 30. Yeah. Um, he's been bad. He's been bad. Um, and I think a lot of us expected this considering how, you know, devastating of an injury he went through and, um, I think it's more of a two-year full recovery time than it is a one-year recovery time. But um, yeah, they haven't been that good, and um, you know, I'm expect. I mean, I'm expecting this to be a close game. Um, I think the spread is pretty appropriate at like one point. Um, but I, I mean, from a betting perspective, it, it is really hard for me to bet against Milwaukee in this case. And you know, you can like. Sites like FanDuel have player props associated with that. And you can get stuff like Chris Middleton to score at least 20 points with a Bucks win at plus 142. And Middleton to score the 20 points is basically a lock. You would think. Yeah, because he averages like 28 points per 36 with Giannis off the court. And then you kind of just get like a nice little odds bump there. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is not the Bucks playing the Atlanta Hawks without Giannis. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a game where you would think that you know, they've, they've, they've had some games this year. I mean, like I said, all the games without Giannis, they've won by double digits. A couple of those have been 20-plus point wins that even without the MVP, they've been over at halftime. And I don't think that tonight is one of those cases. Um, but elsewhere in the East, the Raptors have kind of quietly won 15 in a row. They continue to have, you know, injuries. You know, somebody's seemingly out for three or four games. You know, they, they really haven't had a healthy roster all season. Lately, it's been Marcus Gasol who tweaked that hamstring injury. Serge Ibaka missed their last game. He might remain out tonight. Uh, due to an illness, but they just keep going. I mean, I, I think I heard today they have during this 15 game winning streak, they have five guys averaging at least 15 points. I mean, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, Fred Van Vliet, all undrafted players contributing in, in big ways for this team. And I, I mean, you look at them right now; they're they're basically doing what the Lakers have been doing um, in the West. I mean, the Lakers are 40 and 12. The Raptors are 40 and 14. I mean, they, they've played two more games, and you know, I guess technically you could say they've lost those two games, but they're right there with you know a team that I think is pretty unanimously considered the best regular season team at least in the west and toronto's still six and a half games behind milwaukee i mean in most years going into the break at 40 and 14 or 41 and 14 pretty easily places you in first place um so my question to you is and we'll talk about the sixers in a little bit are are, is toronto firmly established itself now as the primary threat to milwaukee in the east i I don't know. I mean, I'm still, I'm still always worried about the heat. I don't even, at this point, I don't even know who I'm worried about. Really, so it's the heat. Okay. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I well, I think Adebayo is a really good matchup against Giannis. He's, mm-hmm. he's given him trouble in the past, right. but Duncan Robinson on Connaughton. Right. If you look at the uh, if you look at the odds to win the Eastern Conference, there's the Bucks at minus one forty, and then every you know the next four teams: the Celtics, the Heat, the 76ers, and the Raptors are all between plus seven hundred and plus eight fifty. So they're all grouped together. Yep. And the Raptors are at plus eight fifty, which is like they're they're the longest odds as of right now of that kind of middle group if you don't count Indiana's plus twenty one hundred. Um which is also pretty long odds considering how good they've been. But um yeah, I mean Toronto's been I mean, like you mentioned, given how injured they've been and how they've pieced together so many wins with so many different players, um, I would not expect them to have, you know, this record um, at all. I mean, I, I was someone who was on their preseason under, um, but yeah, I mean, they, I mean, their minutes leaders right now are Van Vliet, Anganopi, and Lowry. And that's not a team that you would expect, you know, if you had those three guys leading your team in minutes, you wouldn't expect to have 40 wins at this point in the season. Yeah. I mean, it really has been an extremely impressive job. Um, you know, not only by Nick nurse and we'll, we'll talk about him as a potential coach of the year candidate later on, but I mean, this is kind of the, the, the crown jewel of Masai Ujiri's GM tenure, I think going back to, to Denver or Toronto. I mean, obviously engineering the Kawhi trade was one thing, winning the title, you know, and kind of that one-off year with him was was something we really might not ever see again. I, I don't think, at least not in the, in the near future anytime soon. Um, but to lose Kawhi and bounce back and be even better record-wise and just getting the contributions from everywhere. You know, I mean, I, I think my guess is most GMs would be more proud of finding guys like Van Vliet and Davis and Thomas, and even the way they got Kyle Lowry back in the day. I mean, he, Kyle Lowry was not present-day borderline Hall of Famer Kyle Lowry when he came to Toronto. Um, you know, the way that they've put this team together, I think, is one of the more impressive GMing jobs um, you know, that, that I can think of. Surprisingly, besides only a one-time executive of the year award yeah. winner, um, not I don't know how much stock you put into that award. I mean, it's weird because it gets you know announced before yeah. the finals, also looking at this, no one has since 2013-14 every it's all been 60 win guys. And before that that wasn't necessarily the case. So that's a weird trend. But yeah, I mean Masai is, is ridiculous. Um, and obviously, yeah, giving credit to Nick Nurse and um, you know, like the Masai to New York or wherever rumors continue to, to fly. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that he would uh, I'm sure everyone would love for him to go to a franchise like right. that and completely turn it around. As far as executive of the year goes, I mean, to me, that's kind of in the, it's almost like most improved player or coach of the year where you, you know, you, you very rarely see someone, I don't, I, I don't know if anyone's ever repeated. I'm looking at the list right now and I mean, RC Buford won it twice in three years. Bob Myers won it twice in three years. Um, I, I don't think anyone's ever won it back to up. Oh, Stan Kasten in the mid eighties with the Atlanta Hawks won it in uh, 1986 and 1987, but that's how far you have to go back. I mean, it's even the recent winners, you know, John Horst last season, a team that really made the leap, obviously in Milwaukee, Daryl Morey, two seasons ago, that was when they brought in Chris Paul, still won 65 games. I think you kind of need, you need like a splashy move to, right. uh, to spur your candidacy. You know, like before that it was Bob Myers the year that they added Durant. Um, so it kind of has to be a splashy or a risky move that that ends up paying off. Like very rarely do you lose a player, keep the rest of your roster intact and then get executive of the year. You know, there's just not like a great case for it, uh, I guess. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think Masai Ujiri is really concerned with, with being judged on that by any means. I, I still don't really have a firm answer as far as what team would scare me most if I'm the Bucks. 
I, you know, matchup wise, Philly obviously presents some issues and Milwaukee was able to beat Philly, kind of avenge that, that Christmas day loss uh, a week or so ago, but it wasn't easy. You know, I mean, I, I think Philly, they're great at home. They're 25 and two now, I think at home, they're pretty horrific on the road. They've been wildly inconsistent, but the way that they played against Milwaukee, whether they win or lose, um, you, you just know that's going to be a series. I, I, I can't imagine Milwaukee just rolling over like in like game. four or five game series. Yeah. I think it has to go at least six. You know, a couple of those games are going to be in Philly. Um, and no matter no matter what's going on with this team chemistry-wise, I mean, it seemed like everything had kind of reached a low point with the Embiid-Butler Instagram situation earlier this week. And then they go and get a huge win over the Clippers at full strength last night. Yeah, Um the the home road splits are really weird and concerning. Like if you're someone who's backing Philly or, or a Philly fan, because usually it's the teams that have the best road records that you trust uh, to be, you know, teams that that go far, um, you know, in the in the playoffs. And if that's the case, then it's you know it's like Raptors, Celtics, mm-hmm. teams like that. And I feel like the Celtics aren't getting enough love, which is weird uh, for what they've accomplished this year. Um, even though they're, I think they're in the East right now. They are. They're 37 and 16. Miami's slipped a little bit of late. I mean, they were up to second in the East not that long ago. And, you know, Toronto, of course, has surged up with those 15 straight wins. Um, but I, I think part of this argument speaks to just how strong that top five is. And right. Indiana losing six straight has slipped a little bit. They're now 15 and a half back of Milwaukee, but they're 31 and 23. I mean, they have virtually the same record as Dallas, OKC, you know, teams that we feel pretty good about in the West. And I think if, and when Oladipo starts to look more like his old self, that obviously raises the ceiling for Indiana quite a bit, but I think it just speaks to how strong the East is. Like in the, in years past, we haven't even had to have this debate, you know, for so long it was, all right, we know for sure the heat are coming out. And then it was, we pretty much know for sure the Cavs are coming out. I think that the East was at its weakest right in the middle of last decade when a team like the Hawks didn't lose a game for like four months and nobody took them seriously. And then everyone was proven correct come playoff time. But I mean, now I, I still would leave Indiana off that list, but like it wouldn't be shocking if something were to happen, like if, if Giannis misses two games in the middle of a series or something like that. There are like five teams in the East that could conceivably be in the finals, and you wouldn't it wouldn't be that shocking. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Indiana is someone that I would consider for like a first round upset. Like if, oh, you know, right. if, you, if you had Boston, Indiana, I think it's definitely possible Indiana pulls that out. Now, yeah, the Oladipo situation might actually complicate things if he continues to play badly. You know, I mean, if they might end up. I don't know. At what, I mean, at what point would you pull the plug? It's still too early on that. But like, he's playing really badly, and then I think their response was, "Okay, let's put him back in the starting lineup. Maybe that'll help." Hasn't really helped. No, I mean, I think they're. I mean, they're they're not going to fall out of six. So no. they're they're thinking is probably like we'll just try to get right. you know in, the, in there as much as possible and hope that he adjusts because right. I, and I mean, they would have a tough time even climbing up to fourth. I mean, there there's four and a half games between Miami at four. In Indiana at six. I mean, I don't, if you're Indiana, I don't think you're saying, "All right, great, let's just lock ourselves into the six. You know, if you can get if you can get home court advantage, you want it. But I, I think they would be okay with that matchup against Boston in round one. I, I think right now you want to avoid Milwaukee, obviously, and you probably want to avoid Toronto. I don't think there's a team, especially in that pack. You know, Boston, Miami, Philly, Indiana, and then you drop down to Brooklyn and Orlando that are that are pretty much locked in in my mind in the seven and eight. You know, those teams. I, Toronto is is just as fearsome. You know, in, in some ways, as Milwaukee, I think to them just because of their depth. Yeah, and as as far as the 76ers Clippers game last night, I felt like that was a really strange game. Like I didn't even notice Paul George out on the court. It yeah. felt like for like I, if you had not like watched NBA basketball and you had been watching that game, you'd be like, oh yeah, Landry Shaman, like definitely their second best player, right? 
Um, and it's weird. Like, he was just, he completely no-showed for definitely the first three quarters, and he tried to bring something to the table at the beginning of the fourth. It didn't really pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up with a abysmal 70 offensive rating. Yeah, he's but, 3 of 15 from the field. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. Like, you know, Marcus Morris and Zubac was in there a ton. Um, I thought Ben Simmons played incredible. Like, I thought he, he played out of his mind. 26 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, but just like watching the game, it was his defense was insane on Kawhi Leonard and Mm -hmm. anyone else who he had to guard. And he was still looking great on offense. And Philly went to that pick and roll that was basically like an Embiid post up or or like a Simmons post up. And then Embiid would come screen for him on the low block. It was like a low block screen and roll. And it ended up working a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure how teams are going to combat that. But I guess that's Brett Brown's response to everything. That's yeah. been said lately. Yeah, this this game was actually just on NBA TV. I was rewatching it before we hopped in the studio here. And I mean, this was one of the better Embiid Simmons games that oh, yeah. I can remember. I mean, where they both really brought it on the same night. I mean, this was one of Simmons' three or four best games of the year, easily, I think. Probably his second best game of the year. Played 43 minutes, 26, 12, and 10. Uh, Embiid went for 26, 9, and 2 in only 28 minutes. Um, and then he had Josh Richardson back in the starting lineup. He played really well, three of five from beyond the arc. So that's a huge help. He was a plus 24 in this game. And uh, Philly in some ways kind of goes, I mean, Embiid Simmons gets all the attention, but when, when Tobias Harris and or Josh Richardson play well, they almost always win. Right. It's, you know, when, when Tobias Harris has those four of 16 nights or, you know, sometimes Josh Richardson just goes two of eight from the field, they really struggle because they have no depth whatsoever. And I, I don't think they got a lot of credit for adding, Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, and rightfully so. I mean, they're Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, but those guys are way, way, way better than anyone else they were throwing out. You know, other than Matisse Thibel, who's now playing a little bit of a reduced role because of those two guys being there. I mean, this means Mike Scott's basically out of the rotation. You don't have to play Norvell Pell. Shake Milton's not playing, you know, unless Richardson goes down. Neto's not playing. Like, you, you at least have, like, pretty competent wings with decent size in, in Robinson and Burks. So, I mean, it's tough to get excited about those guys, but they're a pretty big upgrade over... I think they sent out James Ennis uh, to Orlando at the deadline. Like they, they had nobody on that bench. Right. And I mean, obviously you're still afraid of their core five because their starting lineup, or at least what was their starting lineup. I don't know what they're doing with Horford now because they brought him off the bench. True. But their their core five is plus 8.6 points for 100 possessions, which is obviously really good. Like the Bucks are at 11 and a half. So it's, mm-hmm. it's up there. And, you know, they have, they have some other lineups that work out well, but you, I mean, they also contain James Ennis and Furkan Korkmaz right. and Ennis isn't on the team and Korkmaz is someone who they're probably hoping Glenn Robinson and because Korkmaz came out and fired a few shots a little too aggressively and then got pulled at some point he was this game. zero points on 0-5 shooting in 23 minutes I think this one I think at some point he stole the ball from Kawhi and then pulled up from like 26 feet with <laughs> like 20 seconds on the shot clock and then just got he basically airballed it which is like Love something it. you would do in 2k and then right. he got pulled immediately yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hinted that this was not a great game for Kawhi, and I think it speaks to where he's now at as a player, and this is not news to anybody, but I mean, he can struggle, and his team can lose a, a tough game on the road. He still finished with 39-4, two blocks, yeah. one steal. I, he is just unbelievably good. I, I'm always amazed when I watch Kawhi. I, I feel like, like he wasn't... He wasn't on national TV all that much last year. You know, he sat out a lot of a lot of their bigger games. That's like, true. I just really didn't see him all that much until the playoffs, and now... I mean, he's been on so much this year that it's just it's unbelievable every time you watch him. But a little bit of a concern uh, for the Clippers. I mean, I, they're one of those teams kind of kind of like Philly where a lot can go wrong and you, you still have to respect them just because of the names and the depth on that roster. 
Um, I mean, the Clippers are 37 and 17. They're four, only four games behind the Lakers who've slipped up a little bit of late. But I mean, you have this, this loss against Philly, which is not that big of a deal. Philly's a good team. Um, but you know, the Clippers had a, a pretty bad loss to Sacramento, um, earlier this or at the end of January. And then that bizarre, huge blowout loss, you know, lost by 27 to Minnesota over the weekend. I, I think that's almost the more concerning game where, Paul George doesn't really look like Paul George. He came back from injury. His minutes have kind of been in the 24 to 26 range on a lot of nights. And you, you, you kind of wonder how healthy he is. And the Clippers, much like Philly, are all in on the playoffs. I don't think they really care what happens in the regular season. But, it, it I mean, we're almost 60 games in, and this team doesn't really fully feel like it's meshed yet. Yeah, I um, yeah, I mean, just the, the amount of injuries that have, have gone on. Um you know, just the resting and, and whoever else. The their, you know, quote unquote crunch time closing five, they're Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Kawhi, Paul George, Montrez Harrell. That lineup has only played forty eight minutes mm-hmm. together exactly. Now it's plus nineteen, uh, or plus eighteen, which is incredible. But when you only have forty eight minutes of experience, like I understand you want all these guys to rest and you you know, you can't really avoid like Paul George getting injured or whatever, but um, I you want these guys to have play together as much as possible hugging into the playoffs because you don't want you know obviously mm-hmm. you want you want things to be locked in by the time it comes around and I mean they're still you know they're still the you know one of the basically tied for the favorites to come out of the West for a reason and I don't really I don't think there's another team in the West that I'd look at other than the Lakers uh, that I would feel confident um, picking them to to get upset by obviously like people you know Houston um, I, you can see that. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, there's still love for like Utah and Denver, but I don't know if I would outright pick any of those teams. A new app called No House Advantage is taking a different spin on fantasy sports. This platform offers daily player prop contests for cash prizes. Here's how it works first, download the No House Advantage app and choose a contest. Then, select the over or the under for the six player props listed. The last step is to rank those picks based on your confidence in it being correct. The higher you rank a pick, the more points you earn when it's correct. The goal is to earn more points than the other users competing in the contest. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform. It's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Sign up now and you can receive up to a $20 match on your first deposit. Visit nohouseadvantage.com or find the app in the iTunes app store or on the Google Play store. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a case that you do want to get to the two line in the West. Um, you know, right now, OKC and Dallas are the seven and the six, and you have Memphis at the eight. I mean, Memphis, fun story, a lot of fun players on that team. They're going to be fun to watch for a while, but you'd much rather play Memphis than you would Dallas or OKC. Like, I, the Clippers will will win that series, I would think, in the first round over over either of those teams. But, I mean, if you're the three and you're, you're playing OKC, you're playing Dallas in round one, I, I don't think you'd feel great about that. It's not a walk in the park. No, um, no, it wouldn't be. All right, let's look at All-Star Weekend. Of course, that all ramps up in Chicago starting on Friday. We do not have odds on the dunk contest yet, unfortunately. Uh, But the DraftKings Sportsbook did throw up odds on what FanDuel did as well, I should say, on the three-point contest, which will feature Damian Lillard, Joe Harris, Trey Young, Davis Bertans, Duncan Robinson, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, and Devontae Graham. So some differences in terms of the odds. Um, FanDuel has Lillard and Joe Harris installed as co-favorites at plus 350. Devontae Graham has the worst odds uh, via FanDuel. He's at plus 1,200. If you look at the DraftKings side of things, uh, a, l- a little bit different. 
Um, you have Joe Harris as the lone favorite. He's at plus 475. Lillard, Robinson, Young, all at plus 500. Uh, Bertans just behind at plus 550. And then Heald, Graham, uh, and Zach Levine. Yeah, the, um, the, the DraftKings odds are a lot closer together. They're a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. Like they, they go from uh, plus 475 to plus 900. So, you know, if you, if you really like someone like Lillard or Joe Harris, that's the site to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you like a long shot, FanDuel has really stretched those out, and you can get Devontae Graham at plus 1,200, which is pretty nice. I mean, a 10-to-1. Yeah. Getting anybody at plus 1,200 in something like this that is ultimately pretty random yeah. based on historical results. Is there, um, is there anyone that you feel particularly good about or a, a kind of a, a long shot bet that you would make? Like I'm kind of eyeing up Bertans yep. because he's basically plus 500 on both sites and right. his wide open three point percentage is 47, which is the second highest only behind Joe Harris, who is a mm-hmm. stupid 52.4%. Yeah. I mean, Harris deserves some respect just because he did win it last year. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it is you hear guys talk about doing this contest and a lot of it is just your comfortability shooting off of a rack Right. And I, in my mind, at least, I could picture Davis Bertans being good at that. Like he's not, like he doesn't need to dribble or want to dribble ever. Um, so, like to, to me, this should be a pretty natural transition for him. Although he's he hasn't done the contest before, so there is that. Lillard's done it twice, um, and like we said, Joe Harris has done it in the past as well. So at least those guys do have some experience, and that's reflected in the odds. You know, someone like Trey Young, like I, I, I feel like guys like him tr- traditionally have that have had struggles you know guys who shoot off the dribble a lot guys who you you know in your mind and in real life are great three-point shooters but not it's kind of like the difference between being a good in-game dunker and being a contest dunker right it's two separate skill sets and i think being a, a really good set shooter off a rack is a little bit different than the type of three-point shooting that trey young brings to the table in an nba game yeah i agree i zach levine it too kind of uh, feels like that where you, I, I envision him just a lot of like run up just pulling up from three off one dribble, a few dribbles up the court. He, he needs like two defenders in his face too. Yeah, and then I mean, then the percentages will, will skyrocket. Contact Adam Silver and ask if he can bring a few of his teammates out to put a hand in his face. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on the idea where I do think this is in large part, you know, somewhat random, um, where a guy can just get hot and it, it works out. Which is why for like most of these All Star Weekend contests, I would just prefer to bet the longest odds for most of it. Like I was looking at some of the skills challenge odds, which we didn't, you know, we don't necessarily need to cover, but like someone like Bam out of bio was like t- plus 1200. And it's like, you, yeah. there's way more than a 10 in one chance that, you know, someone like him ends up winning. So the fact that you can get guys, especially like, you know, Devonte Graham is, is one of the leaders obviously in like made threes, but no one knows who he is. So he's plus 1200 on, on FanDuel because he's probably not going to get a lot of action, but you could easily see any of these guys win, so why not just take the longest odds? Yeah, I think if, if you're attacking it from a betting standpoint, that's the way to go. I mean, there's not a ton of money to be made on the favorites. Um, no. Although, I mean, uh, you're still getting, like, decent odds, you know? Five I mean? to one, basically. Right. Littler or Joe Harris. Yeah. I mean, I'd still rather just get the 12 to one. Because, like, <laughs> yes. I, like I, I genuinely feel like it's really random. Um, I have the skills challenge odds up. Now, I, how do you even go about setting these? I mean, this is... I don't know. What a I, task. That's, that's exactly what I mean. Like, how would you even... How would you handicap this? Yeah. Uh, Why not just... I mean, Kristaps Porzingis won the skills challenge in 2017. That's what I mean. So, it's been proven that literally anybody can win it. Um, uh, didn't, didn't what he has won it before. He's the favorite, I guess, at plus 350. I mean, that makes sense. But yeah, Adebayo is at plus 1,200. I, Patrick Beverly, definitely a sleeper. Sabonis. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, you know... I, I feel like if you... <laughs> For all of these, yeah. 
I mean, Devontae Graham and Bam Adebayo to, to win the respective. Trey Burke won that one year. How is that possible? This is what I mean. Unfortunately, yeah. you cannot parlay the uh, the skills challenge and the three-point contest. That's, that's what we need to do. Yeah. At some point, we need I think to, that's coming. We need, we need some insight. I want to be able to parlay everything. Celebrity game, MVP. Yes. Um, so I'm looking at the, the historical three-point shootout winners. So year by year, starting with last season, Joe Harris, Devin Booker, Eric Gordon, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Marco Bellinelli, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, James Jones, Paul Pierce, Daquan Cook, Jason Capono. Uh, and then Capono won it again the previous year. So that, that goes all the way back to 07. A lot of different types of players. I mean, yeah. 07, 08, 09, you had just extreme three-point specialists winning it in Capono and Cook. And then same story in 2011 with James Jones. 2010, Paul Pierce just randomly wins it out of nowhere, you know, kind of on the, the latter end of his prime at that point. Um, you, know, you had a point guard win it in Kyrie Irving in 2013. Obviously, Steph and Clay have won it. But it, it's just all types of players, you know, have, have, have won this award or this contest in the past, and it makes it really, really tough to bet. Um, did, am I, am I, was this a dream, or did they bring Del Curry out for one three-point contest and he, like, bricked everything? Was there like a celebrity three or a former NBA player three point contest? I have no idea. Oh man! I mean, I remember when they had Steph shoot a bunch of half quarters oh, to win money for charity, and then he missed all of them. That was one of the stranger moments. I felt actually really bad for Steph at that point. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Looking at the dunk contest, like I said, no odds out yet. Uh, Derek Jones, Dwight Howard, Pat Connaughton, and Aaron Gordon. Um, do you really have a lean on this at all? I, I saw Pat Connaughton tweeted something at... Christian Yelich asking him to come to Chicago to help him with the dunk. So I don't know how well that's going to play in front of a Chicago crowd, but it, it, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like there could be some some involvement from the you know the, the 2018 NL MVP. I don't have a strong lean on this other than I think it's just going to come down to Derek Jones and Aaron Gordon. Um, I I don't know what Dwight's going to do. I envision it being some weird throwback. He was he was going to involve Kobe. Yeah, which. That would have been cool. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be happening. I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel great about Connaughton either. Like I could see Connaughton would need it to be like a Jeremy Evans situation where everyone else misses their dunks and he just kind of wins it by default. Well, like I I know Connaughton has a forty four inch vertical and he he has he dunks a solid amount for the Bucks and he gets yes. off. But I have not. I guess I haven't searched hard enough for any footage of like Pat Connaughton high school dunk contest. Yeah, because he's got to be there because he was an insane athlete in high school. Right? Like, can he windmill? Like I, I, mean, I, su- I assume he can. I would like, hope so. I mean, it would really suck if he bad. has no if he has no dunk package and he just he just does <laughs> his like in game dunks. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of more of like the he's one of those guys that you could like. Obviously, he played baseball in college and was drafted as a baseball player. Like a 
strikes me as somebody who probably like, was a really good safety in college or in high school football as well. Like he kind of has more of that football type of build where like Derek Jones has the ideal build for a contest dunker, you know, long arms, yes. skinny, can really get up. Like, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I've actually seen NBA footage of Derek Jones on the ground. No, you just I, see like every, he's just every, in the air every time, right? Every four to five nights, you get a tweet from NBA with just like the airplane emojis and him just <laughs> throwing one down from 17 feet away. I, I think, I think, Aaron Gordon, I guess, has to be the favorite yeah. until proven otherwise. I, I do wonder what he has left, you know? I mean, I'd, I'm sure he's had some time to conjure things up over the last couple of years, but you would imagine he would have exhausted like 90% of his bag of dunks over those those last two contests that he did. Yes. I uh, Right now, I, uh, I just typed Pat Congaton dunk contest on YouTube, um, and I found a video from August 9th. Uh, 2011 okay. from TV.com. Pat Congleton kills 360 windmill Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, this has 98,000 views, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a secret right now. Hmm. Um, and they're they're kind of leading up to it. Um, he just threw down a slumbo dunk with two hands. Uh, what was the source of this video again? Uh, this is BalasTV.com. All right, shout out BallisTV.com. Very uh, 2011 YouTube channel. I he, he, yeah, nice windmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I think he'll put on a better performance than Giannis. Oh, dude, which, that's Giannis, the black mark on Giannis's career. The Giannis, yeah, that one has been buried by and like PR, like that somehow people forget that happened. Same with like the Eric Bledsoe dunk contest. Nobody remembered him being in the dunk contest um, at some when he was on the Clippers. Clippers? Oh yeah, yeah wow. The one that I that I still you know you, you were asking earlier like am I dreaming did this actually happen when they did the the team dunk contest yeah. when it was just Joe like a, it was like John a layup Ball. line of dunks yeah and I just remember what that was right when we were in college I'm just like what is going on like this the dunk contest was bad before it's somehow been worse and that was rock bottom because ever since then it kind of has been on a steady climb I think yeah there were some decent dunks that came from that like if you just go back and watch the highlights but the weird that yeah the time aspect of it the team aspect yeah well the problem was there was no time for the dunks to soak in like it the dunk happened and then five seconds later someone else was dunking that's that's a great part about the dunk contest when someone throws something down crazy and all the lights go and everyone like loses their minds and runs out of the court that's half the fun of the dunk contest yes when you take that away then it's what even is it every player that's watching the dunk contest on saturday should be given a Sony camcorder from 2002, yes. just right as they walk in. I don't even care if it works. Just hold it. Make it look like you're filming something. Like, that added to it, to the allure so I'm, much. I'm surprised that no one has actually, like, dressed up like Shaq and done that. Right. I mean, people kind of do now. I mean, I think when we when we go back and watch the Levine Gordon dunk contest in 20 years, we'll look at that and be like, what the hell was Carl Towns wearing? You know, guys... I know, guys but, yeah, like, as, like, a costume. Like, wear exactly oh, yeah, yeah. what Shaq was wearing with the camcorder. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Contest. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. Choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or the under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points. You can win a share of the daily prize pool. Thrive has over $2,000 guaranteed each day in prizes for its NBA contests alone. Use promo code RW, that's the letter R and the letter W, when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant match of up to $25 on your first deposit. 
Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Google Play Store or by visiting thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Celebrity game. My favorite event of All-Star Weekend. Yes. Uh, I would give the rosters, which are typically horrible, I would give them like a B- minus this year. Okay. Not that you, bad. Your pop culture knowledge must be better mm-hmm. than mine. Well, not necessarily. I, I just think there are, some, there are some really strong players on each team that are kind of buoying each roster. Okay. Starting with the coach of one team, Team Stephen A. That is what I'm yeah. most excited to watch. I assume he'll be mic'd up for part of this. Um, so we have Team Stephen A against Team Michael Wilbon. Oh my God. Uh, team Stephen A features Chance the Rapper. Not a bad get. That's yeah. Quavo for Chicago. Yeah, right. Quavo, uh, who's played in this at, at least once, possibly more than that. Taylor Bennett. I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. LaRoyce Hawkins, of course, from Chicago PD, one of our favorite shows. Spice Adams. More of a Brooklyn Nine Nine guy. Yeah. Well, Mark Lazary, co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. You have written on our document here. Um, why does he get to play in this every year? I don't know. It would have. I think it would have been cool to do it once and be like, oh, this guy can play a little bit. Probably don't need to be in it every year. He's, he's really not, not bringing good. a lot to the table. Yeah, he's, this isn't like an Arnie Duncan he situation. Can't dunk. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's one thing if you're like a Marvel for your age or yes. something, but like he's just an average older man playing out there. <laughs> um, Ronnie Two K, the NBA Two K guy, I guess. Yeah. Caitlin Ohashi, who was that viral gymnast from I think UCLA like a year ago. Oh, uh, that's who that is. Yeah, had that like crazy floor routine. I don't know anything about gymnastics. Somebody named Lil Ray Howery, Asia Wilson from the WNBA, and Darius Miles, out of nowhere, is playing in this game. So that, I mean, that alone brought it up from like a C- minus to, to a B-. minus. And then on Team Wilbon, we have Common, of course, the rapper, Bad Bunny. I don't know anything about this man. I think he was on that song with Cardi B, the I Like It song. I feel like um, I have to revise all my things. I thought Bad Bunny was a woman. I, I don't think so. I think it's a, I think it's a male bunny. Okay. Uh, Hannibal Burris, not somebody yeah. that I would have expected to be participating, but very cool. Kane Brown, country singer man. John Batiste, don't know who that is. Alex Moffat from SNL, a chef named Jose Andres, somebody named Famous Los, Jadena, a recording artist, I'm told, and Chelsea Gray from the WNBA, and then Quentin Richardson from, of course, he's listed here as NBA legend, which is extremely generous, but mm-hmm. very cool to see Darius Miles versus Quentin Richardson in the celeb game. Darius Myers only played from 2000 to 2009. Is that longer or that shorter than you expected? Shorter than I thought. <laughs> I, was, I was anticipating like another five years on top of that. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my issue... See, you, get, you gave the roster a pretty good benefit of the doubt. If we're not including NBA, WNBA-related people, I have heard of four people in this game. Um, I originally had five because of Bad Bunny, but I thought he was a woman. Can I guess so the four? Count. Yeah. Okay, so Common, yeah. Chance the Rapper, yep. Quavo, and Hannibal Burris? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Okay, well. And that's, so that, yeah, everyone who's not NBA related, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I kind of had it spoiled because the list I'm looking at kind of gives their little mini bio here. So right. if I had just seen the names without that, you know, maybe I would have been in the same boat. You you have a little trivia question here. I've not looked at the answer yet. So you you asked who has the most celebrity game MVPs. Yeah. My default guess is Kevin Hart. Is it Kevin Hart? It is Kevin Hart. Okay. He has four. Although in 2014 there is an asterisk because he did share with Arnie Duncan, mm-hmm. United States Secretary of Education that from 2009 to 2015. That was a memorable a memorable uh, controversy. Terrell Owens also has game. two. Uh, he's the next up. Oh wow. Yeah, that was some of the early days. Okay. 
So in the game itself, uh, I asked you to rank the players that you are most and least looking forward to watching on Sunday night. Yeah, most forward to um, Doncic. Um, I just think, assuming he's healthy, he's kind of like, I think he's questionable. Well, he's back. I think he's going to be back tonight. Okay. So, yeah, this is kind of his warm-up, I guess, for Sunday. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really fun to see him potentially just try as many crazy, he's, he's just such a talented passer, and, and obviously, like, it would, great passers are fun in the All-Star, in the All-Star game, because they can do crazy alley-oops to other players and stuff like that. I'm going to have Giannis. Partially because he takes the game so seriously, but partially because I think he will also just try something crazy. And then mm-hmm. LeBron, Ben Simmons, Trey Young. Um, and there's just kind of a whole middle group, which is I'm pretty neutral about, like Jason Tatum. Um, I think Trey Young is going to pull up from half court, right? See, I, I actually hesitated. Yes. I actually hesitated putting Trey Young in this list because I am worried he's going to take 25 three pointers from 40 feet and like piss everyone off. Um, Very I possible. Think, I, one thing I think he should do is take a three, not from half court, but from the other three point line um, and just like pull up from the opposite side of the court. I think that would be funny. I'd, I'd be on board with that. I would like to see Harden see how many steps he could get away that, with on the step yes. back, like kind of as a joke, but like just. Do like three side steps, make them call a travel in the All Star game, and then get like really mad about like pretend yeah, to get right. seriously upset about <laughs> like, it. Get the signal to challenge it. <laughs> Stephen um, A is like throwing the, the flag that doesn't exist. Uh, well, unfortunately, Stephen A is only coaching the celeb game. Oh, that would be right. that would be the next step here is to make Stephen A the actual coach for the All Star game. <laughs> um, as far as guys, I'm least forward to watching, uh, least looking forward to. Uh, Go Bear. Uh, I mean, I hope yeah. he shoots a three. Or Can't something. wait to see what he does. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's just gonna try to ruin everyone's fun. Uh, Sabonis, <laughs> I would just love to see him try like a, you know, four or five post moves in a row. Just like yeah. really, just, the the ceiling for him is trying to literally do Hakeem post moves for the entire game. Yeah, um, is it is it possible to do like a flashy drop step, like a street uh, a street ball up and under? I don't know. Um, I don't think that's yeah. He just he's one of those guys like when Paul Millsap made it a few years ago. Yeah, he's like, can you just not play, please? And then Middleton and Lowry. Um, I just Middleton. I feel bad it. saying it. Guy went for fifty not that long ago, but not an All Star game player. No, he is not breaking anyone off the dribble in an All Star no. game. I'm pretty uh, sick of watching Lowry. I was a little upset he got in. <laughs> Do you share the same sentiments in general for these this list of, of yeah. players? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's anything too controversial here. We're looking forward to the guys who are showmen and not right. looking forward not looking forward to the centers and the guys like Chris Middleton. Hot takes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a fun game. I I've said this over and over, but I I still genuinely love watching the All Star game. It's it's fun. It's, yeah, it's not competitive whatsoever. Maybe that changes this year, but you know, as someone who likes seeing alley oops and forty five foot three pointers and huge breakaway dunks, it's a, it's a pretty good night. I'm really okay with it not being competitive, but Same the here. the amount of three point shooting, the 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 high volume three point shooting non competitiveness portion of it is what frustrates me. I want yes. at least a, some defense at the three-point line to make a player drive and then another player cut, even if it's half-assed. Right. Because just launch it, watching guys launch from 30 feet for three quarters is not fun. So I, I at least mm-hmm. want players not to try, but also to not just launch threes. Yes, that I'm with you 100%. I'm... Do some do more like uncontested dunks like that. I'm weirdly okay with. Like yes. guys just letting other players blow by them for dunks. Like totally good with that, but... I mean, how many threes do you think were taken total in the All-Star game last year, without looking? Uh, total, oh boy, 130. 167. Ooh. Ooh. 167 three-pointers were attempted in that game. 
uh, 90 by Team LeBron, including 17 from Damian Lillard. So oh that was a little much, I thought. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Dame took 17 shots. They were all threes. If we could keep that under 150, that would be nice. Yeah. It'd be like 100 threes is a lot. If both if both <laughs> yes. teams are taking 50, like that's yes. a ton of threes. And then, you know, to like almost double that is, is insane. Um, all right. Looking at some midseason awards. Uh, I, I have a feeling we're going to agree on a lot of these, but this is something we've kind of checked in on, you know, every every month or so. And, you know, it's been one of those years where there just really isn't that much of a debate. Whereas last year, I mean, Harden versus Giannis was a pretty legitimate debate, I thought, going into March and April. And, yeah. you know, towards the end, I think everybody it was pretty clear that Giannis was going to win the award. But there were people that voted for Harden and you know, right now, whether it's due to guys like Doncic missing time, you know, LeBron slowing down a little bit numbers wise, the Lakers, you know, kind of having a, a couple rough national TV games against good teams and the Bucks just being as good as they have been. I feel like it's Giannis by a mile right now for MVP. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I can't really hold an argument against that. Um, you know, I, I, Doncic is a fair, you know, second guy because um, I think what he's done with that Dallas team given the talent around him. Now, obviously, Porzingis is good. Um, he hasn't been that good, though. I mean, it's they have the best no. offense in the league by a lot, and yes. it's because of Dodgers. That Yeah, that, that's exactly what I mean. Like, Porzingis is someone who should be... He's expected to play, like, a second uh, best player on a team, but he's really kind of putting up, like, third best player kind of performances consistently. And so Dodgers mm-hmm. is really carrying that team. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Harden... Harden's obviously playing well. I don't think LeBron's going to win Anthony Davis, yep. so on and so forth. But yeah, the Bucks being as dominant as they are on both ends of the court every night, um, and Giannis only needing basically 30 minutes a game to potentially win yeah. 70 games is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's just really hard not to not say he's the MVP. Right. I think the minutes thing at the beginning of the year, I was worried might hurt Giannis's case because at that time, Harden was almost averaging 40 a game. And you know, Giannis's counting stats and defensive numbers are, are obviously better than Harden's, but when you just looked at the points per game, it was like, man, like this guy's averaging 40. Like we really have to consider him for MVP, but now it's kind of flipped. I, I think it, it started kind of around Christmas where people really started looking at the minutes totals. Like, yeah, man, if you prorate everything and Giannis played as many minutes as Harden, it would be a lot closer. And the fact that he's really, I mean, he's been kept right around 30, if not under 30 for, for much of the year. And if he's played a few more minutes lately, that has kind of jacked that total up a little bit. Um, for him to be basically better or as good in every single category as last season in fewer minutes, I think now is, is part of the narrative for Giannis. The only thing is the free throw percentage. And I mean, honestly, to me, I think that's more of a hit in like the fantasy world. I don't, I don't even know if like the average NBA fan knows or cares about how much of an issue that's been. I mean, you know, everyone's seen a mayor ball of free throw mm-hmm. at some point, if you're an NBA fan and you've watched a box game. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, his, you know, it, it, the, the, taking the extra threes and missing the free throws has caused his efficiency to drop. His, his true shooting percentage is down like 4%. But I don't think that really matters when you're leading the league in usage. Defensive win shares, win shares per 48, and box plus minus, and defensive box plus right. minus. Um, and, yeah, he's he's just been insane. And I was, I was looking up Giannis's numbers when he sees at least 30 minutes. Um, it's just ridiculous i mean it's, you know 31 15 six and a half combined mm-hmm. 2.7 steals and blocks out of control yeah and he's rightfully the heavy favorite um if you look on DraftKings, minus 400 is Giannis, that's, and that's insane that's and, a he's gonna win yes the ne- and the next highest is luca you know at plus 500 so i mean you have a huge gap there 
FanDuel, pretty similar story. Giannis minus 390. LeBron and Luka are both at plus 700 uh, on FanDuel. So, I think that makes more sense, actually. Yeah, I, I agree. I think LeBron is pretty firmly in second right now. And on DraftKings, he's tied with Harden for the third best odds at, at plus 800. A pretty big drop-off from Luka at plus 500 to LeBron at plus 800. I, like I said, if the voting was done today, I think LeBron's easily second. Well, I mean, I just, I just mean that I don't think Doncic. I think plus, who's betting Doncic at five to one to win? Oh, MVP? yeah, I you shouldn't be betting anybody. That's a horrible yeah. bet. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna. My next question was gonna be how many guys can we cross off legitimately? I think anybody beyond LeBron. Yeah, Anthony Davis, dark horse is the is the absolute, yeah. and that's twenty five to right. one, and that's he's been awesome, but he hasn't been Giannis awesome. No, and I mean Lillard has been incredible. When we can't, we Not can't. Winning. We uh, we should probably just. I mean. Lillard, he's been playing out of his mind. Yeah, he's the argument for if you just gave someone Harden's usage, mm-hmm. how many players in the league could put up Harden type numbers? Right. And Lillard, over you know the past, mm-hmm. I don't even know how long. Basically, since the New Year, it feels like uh, maybe kind of mid January yep. has been absolutely out of control. Um, and obviously, he's not going to win MVP yep. or, or anything like that, but. I mean, averaging, you know, over the past 20 games, 35 points, 8 assists, and that's only on 22 shots. He, to me, is the most underrated player in the league since he's come into the league, which is now almost a full decade. I don't even think it's close. Like, I I genuinely think that him and Curry are much, much closer than a lot of people want to admit in terms of just where they're at as players. I think, you know, part of it with Curry is, you know, he, he got off to a much slower start to his career and was kind of playing in a different era even when he was drafted. Um, and at his peak, Curry is the better player. I'm not debating that whatsoever. Course, I mean, yeah. he's so, he's a, the passing. I think is what really separates them. But I mean, in terms of the shooting, like when you think of guys who can just pull up from anywhere and and hit with hands in their faces, hit off the dribble, hit off the catch, hit from 25 feet, hit from 35 feet, Curry's the guy that automatically comes to mind. Like the numbers say, Lillard is actually better at those like super long threes that have kind of become Curry's hallmark. And you know, I, Curry not having a chance to kind of defend himself at all this year is maybe part of that. Um, but I, I just think those two, like when we look back, are going to be maybe a little bit closer than it seemed, just because you know Curry had all the accolades and the, the team success over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like Lillard is is criminally underrated. Yeah, I'm not trying to t- to tear down Steph. I'm just saying I think Lillard <clears throat> is close to being that good. No, I mean, since I, I just did a quick search since 2015-16, Lillard has the fifth most games with at least five made threes. And that's behind Paul George, Clay Thompson, James Harden, Steph Curry. Now Steph Curry is 137, Dame Lillard is 67. But I understand. Like, I I agree with you. He's yeah. Lillard is what 10 percent worse than Curry, 15 percent worse than Curry. But that's still an amazing player, right? Yeah, he's he's been fantastic. Um, I had a Harden stat. I I can't find it. Um, that I wanted to read. Uh, well, I tweeted yesterday about his blocks. He has three fewer blocks than Giannis on the season in two fewer or in two more games which is insane Harden has the same number of blocks as LeBron and Kawhi combined this season and you know it's not like Kawhi is Rudy Gobert and LeBron's obviously declined in that area but still um but I I had a stat on Harden's free throw shooting that I've sent to, to one of our colleagues yesterday and now I can't find it but basically he had taken okay here it is so since the start of the 2014 15 season Harden has 1,416 more made free throws than anyone else. Over the last five seasons, LeBron James has made 1,571 free throws total. <laughs> Insane. Like he, the, the rate that Harden is getting to the line and converting at the line, this is apropos of nothing whatsoever, but I just thought I, that was something no, I, I had to get off my chest. Harden is, I, the, Harden is 
the reason Hargan is not winning MVP is because of his defense in general. Yeah, he is one of the best offensive players ever. Ever, like top five ever. Like you can make that argument. I had I had this debate with a guy on the bench at Rec Hoops last night <laughs> of uh, Harden versus Kobe in terms of oh, you know boy. where they'll where they'll where they'll kind of rank historically and I mean Kobe's obviously going to have the accomplishments Harden's not winning five titles he might not even get one um, but I mean at their peak like Harden's going to win this third straight scoring title by a mile he's going to win this one by like six points per game he won last year by like eight points per game I if we're talking pure scoring I would lean Harden but yeah. I think. Kobe's a good defender. That that was something that's not yeah, maybe the first thing it. you think of with Kobe, but he's, he was a very good defender at his peak. No, Kobe, um, yeah, he made how many all defense? He made twelve all defensive teams. Yeah, Kobe. I'm sure a couple better of than those, better than pretty good defender. I'm sure a couple of those were um, legacy picks, maybe at the end, but even still, yeah. I mean, it te- even if we're saying <laughs> even if he had like five to his yeah. name, you know what I mean? So, I mean, over the last three seasons alone. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we're stemming from our Damian Lillard discussion right into <laughs> right into James Harden. Um, last three seasons alone, James Harden is, is averaging 33.9 points, eight assists, six rebounds, two steals, 44% shooting, 37% from three, um, 87% at the line. I mean, 34 points per game over a three-year span is is nuts. And if you just look at the last two seasons, it's going to be closer to 36 points per game. Yeah, and I just I, I sent you a stat on Hargan earlier today um, because yesterday Hargan had forty I think forty two points. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Hargan had forty two points on nineteen shots yesterday against the Celtics. He he has eight of those games in his career of of at, at least forty points on fewer than twenty shots mm-hmm. since he came into the league. He has eight of those. The next best is Durant with five, Curry with three, and LeBron with three. So Crazy. it's it's continues to be unprecedented what Harden does mm-hmm. offensively. Yeah, I mean, in terms of career usage rate, Kobe's still slightly ahead of Harden. And, you know, Harden was in a smaller role early on, but so was Kobe. So it does, it actually kind of does even out. I, I think those two are going to be very interesting comparisons when you talk about kind of the all-time shooting guard list. Dwayne yeah. Wade's obviously on there. You know, Jordan is clearly at the top of that list. Um, just because, like, Harden, it seems like doesn't... People are, are willing to separate the numbers from how they feel about him. You know, like... it if it's possible to average like an empty 36 points per game, that it seems like that's how people feel. Yeah. Like I Harden Harden is really someone that I wish we would have gotten to see play against Kobe in their primes or close to their primes. Cause we've gotten to see LeBron against Durant. And I think Durant's kind of like that, that guy for LeBron where it's like, they're going to get compared to each mm-hmm. other a lot from guys from the same era. And I feel like yeah. Harden and Kobe just missed each other. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being, if you're talking shooting guards, like Wade and Kobe and T-Mac was kind of there, but could yeah. never really get over the hump. So um, it, it was kind of unfortunate that they kind of missed each other, Harden and Kobe. Right. Well, and Harden's kind of had this whole second act now as like a primary ball handler, point guard. I mean, he was pretty firmly a shooting guard for the bulk of his career. And, you know, now it's, I, I guess, when you think of him, you think of him dribbling the ball at the court. You know, I kind of think of him <laughs> yes. more as a point guard, even though he's played with guys who are definitely point guards over these last few years. It, You know, he still kind of commands the ball to that degree. Uh, anyway, speaking of James Harden, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, you and I both have Anthony Davis for this one. It, it feels like that's the way this is going. Although Gobert, I mean the Jazz, the way that they've surged, um, they're you know, it close. Yeah, I, I mean Gobert could win it again. He's won the last couple. Uh, we'll see if voter fatigue factors in, but um, yeah, I think Giannis is still hanging around. The odds basically say it's a three-man race between Davis, who's at minus two hundred, Gobert at plus two hundred, and then Giannis at plus five fifty. Then there's a big golf between Giannis and Ben Simmons at plus two thousand. So. 
Giannis still kind of on the outside looking in, but it feels like this is Davis's to lose. I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're talking, you know, defensive rating, Lakers are fourth right now, Jazz are ninth, so it's not a huge difference. Um, but I think what what will happen is people, even if you take away the voter fatigue of like continuously voting for Gobert, um, uh, you, you kind of just, Anthony Davis is a more versatile defender. And so I think in general, or at least kind of, and that was always the Draymond argument was, okay, well, Gobert is, you know, the most elite rim protector in the league, but Draymond Green can guard all five positions at a top tier level. And that's at the end of the day, just as important, if not more important. And I think with Anthony Davis, you're going to say, well, he can both guard the rim at a high level and he can switch out onto wings for a team that's playing better defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that's what the argument is going to be for yeah. him. And, and, you know, big market always helps, but I, I would bet on him to yeah. win it. If, if Davis could go the rest of the way without missing a stretch of like seven games, I think he probably wins it. Yeah. All right. Coach of the year. Uh, I do not have odds on this one, unless you, have you seen these anywhere? Not on FanDuel or DraftKings. Yeah, I have not seen that. Um, pretty firmly, Nick Nurse. I think that's probably the correct answer. Um, is there anyone else you could make a case for? I, I thought maybe a lot of years I think there would be some Billy Donovan love just because of expectations versus you know the Thunder now being 32-22, and 22, two games behind Houston, you know, three and a half behind Utah for the four. Uh, I think Taylor Jenkins in Memphis with them I mean, being a team that I don't think anybody would be surprised if they were in the Timberwolves place at 16-36. and 36. Uh, and instead they're 27 and 26 but it I mean it feels like especially now with Toronto on this crazy streak the narrative is is firmly kind of in their favor Nick Nurse was in the conversation last year and I think a lot of the their success last season was attributed to Kawhi obviously he's out of the picture I, I think it's it's almost a lot that it's going to be Nick Nurse yeah the expectations from maybe this team should just tank give up sell off it was cool while it happened yeah Fun story i was and, firmly in that camp i feel like an yeah idiot. me too but and then uh, now we're you know now we're talking about them as you know they could if if, it, if they won the east it could it, it wouldn't like it would be shocking yeah. but the, the at this regu- point not really right i mean but yeah well i mean the the you would just look back at the regular season you'd be like well why not you know yeah. they played so well right. that counting them out was ridiculous um so i think it goes to nurse like yep. you said like Taylor Jenkins deserves some love too, um, but I just don't think just pulling a team slightly above 500 that was supposed to tank doesn't get as much credit yeah. for as you know a team that might win 60 games. Rookie of the year has to be Ja. I, I do think people will vote for Zion if he, especially if he doesn't miss time the rest of the way. He's been he fantastic. Yeah, 31 and nine uh, last night had five assists. I think in that four or five assists in that game, a couple of them are really really impressive. Yeah. It's it's looking like you know if Zion never got hurt he probably wins this award and it's it's a nice fun race but um, I mean I, I think it's it's just just because of the disparity in games played it's going to be Morant by default but like I said I do think a couple people will throw Zion the you know the same people that voted for Embiid over Brogdon where it's like he's just been so good when he's out there um, that I think he'll he'll garner some of the vote but should be John a landslide yeah I mean Pelicans are five and four um, since Zion came back. He's got a positive net rating. He's plus three, but yeah, I mean his I mean, his efficiency is it's ridiculous. Per thirty six, he's at twenty eight and ten, so twenty eight points on eighteen shots, uh, plus the three assists, which are nice. I thought he would yeah. be blocking more shots. Same that here. was something that we saw in um, in preseason, where I don't even know if he recorded a block mm-hmm. in preseason, but I guess he's he's not really near the rim that much yeah. on defense because he is playing a lot of power forward um, and team stretch out now. So yeah, that's part of it. Um, He's he's been as expected though. It's just been so impressive that 
every level he's kind of gone up to, there's been, all right, well, will he be able to do this at this level against real athletes? And the answer has been a resounding yes, no matter what. I mean, I was watching that the um, condensed game against Miami or against Portland last night, and he, I mean, he was knocking Hassan Whiteside around, like yeah. driving, and like Hassan Whiteside is flying into the stanchion while this six seven rookie, you know, just kind of bullies him. And I mean, that's Hassan Whiteside, like top five, like just pound for pound biggest guys in the NBA. Who just could not handle Zion. That was that was my takeaway too. Is Zion would either come flying into the lane or he would get a rebound and just create yeah. a little space and he'd go up for that layup, go up so fast and just laying in. And the guys who he had basically knocked into just kind of looked around Insane. or just looked so yeah. disheveled, like, you know, what even just happened? Like, how is this happening to me? Yeah, like it, it's very LeBron like where LeBron kind of did it for so long and still does, I guess, with that that kind of running spin move where oftentimes, you know, it'll go chest to chest or elbow to chest and a guy goes flying and you're looking for a call and you're just not going to get it. Like you're just getting bullied. And that's, that's basically how Zion got all of his points last night. So he's, I mean, he's been incredibly impressive. The other thing too, is I I was talking with the guys on the radio about this this morning. I I don't know if Zion will ever have a signature move, you know, other than just dunking and doing (laughs) huge dunks. Maybe that's his signature move, but like he already has that. He got, he got Trevor Ariza really badly on it last night, but he has that kind of like elbow post up jab one way, yep. go quick the other way. Like Ariza almost like fell down, yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to defend this. And well, Zion is so quick at that size. Yeah, because everyone is everyone's on. They're so planted trying to yep. make sure he doesn't essentially bully them. Go right the through. Yeah, that he yeah he can either fake one way or eventually yeah he's I think I think he, he may end up developing which I, I guess I wouldn't have expected from him coming into the league, but I think you're right where he might end up having a weird like elbow post-up or elbow face-up game mm-hmm. as like a 6-6 power forward slash center. And I think it could actually work really well because at that point he needs, what, one dribble yeah. to get to the rim? One hard dribble, he's exactly. 12 feet from the basket, and he jumps and he's at the rim. Um, so if you, you know, if you, if you mess up at all, it's, it's game over. Yeah, he's proven to be such a unique player. Like it, it's has not been talked about whatsoever that he has not made a three pointer since opening night or his debut night. That was January twenty second. Right. He since then he went four for four that night. Since since then he is zero for six. <laughs> well, he at least figured his free throw shooting out because he was yeah. he was at like thirty percent for a while. But he's um, you know over his past few games he's he's figured it out. Like the form still looks really bad. Yep. He's at seventy three percent over his last five, which is great. That's if, fine if if he shoots seventy three percent. For his career, that would be a win. Yeah, I mean, he's eleven of fourteen last night. I think you'll take that every night. Yeah. Uh, last one, most improved player. Uh, I'm, I'm coming around. I'm with you. This this should be Brandon Ingram. I think um, the odds have been adjusted for a while. Doncic was the the pretty heavy favorite in this category, and uh, he's been overtaken now by Ingram, who's at plus one fifty. Doncic still at plus one seventy five. You got Graham, Adebayo, Shea, Trey Young, Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Sabonis. Um, to me, it's it's between Ingram and Adebayo. Yeah, I think that's a fine call. Um, Doncic at this point, he's he's like too close to MVP to give it yeah, to him. I don't it's like it's that. weird to say. I it, I guess we knew he was this good. Anyone right. who watched him last season knew he was this exactly. Good. It yeah. wasn't a, this isn't a surprise to anybody. Ingram going from we were debating whether or not he would have a career right. a year ago, less than a year ago, because of the. Uh, you know the the blood clot issue. Yep. And you know we, you had seen points. You know I when when Joe Bartle and I used to do this podcast, we were debating. We have a we have a big debate one podcast about whether we would take Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram. And I was on the Brandon Ingram side, and to see this pan out, I'm obviously Look surprised. Even though I liked him, yeah, I liked him, but I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um. So I I think it goes to him because he's 
He also follows that recent mold of guys who are transitioning from, they're definitely good into all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, he, he fits that. Um, and, and so does Bam Adebayo, for example. Yeah. Demonte Graham came out of nowhere, but he's not an all-star. Yep. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I would side with him. I don't feel like we had enough of a sample last year with Devontae Graham. Like, to me, I know he's not a rookie, but he, he just feels more like a rookie than he does we, a second year. Like, can you think of one thing that, can you picture him doing anything in the NBA last year? Like, I don't feel like we have a comparison with him. Yeah, that's the tough part, was like, can we prove that he couldn't have done this last year? Yeah, we just, he just wasn't right. Whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be like giving it to, like, Duncan Robinson, you know, who is like, yeah, I guess, if he just wasn't in the NBA. Or like, yeah, exactly. Or like yeah. Markel Fultz or... I mean, yeah, Kennard or someone like that. Just you know right. these these super long shots. Um, I I would like to touch on the fact that you can get Mobamba uh, at plus. Uh, this is for, for most improved. Yeah, one hundred and fifty to one. Why? Why is he even listed? He has a, well, first of all, he has a song about him, which I do like that song quite a bit. I don't know if it was the first player since uh, John Wall, but um, I do remember the, the John Wall. I'm trying to think, I'll to one of these days I'll, I'll play the old Brandon Jennings song. Maybe at the end of this podcast, it's a Brandon think. Jennings song. Uh, yes, there is by Swipe a Boy, okay. who used to play at Tennessee. He was a college basketball player. Met him in uh, Panama City one spring break at the height of the Brandon Jennings song. Pretty oh, pretty big deal at the time. Okay. I think I posted about it on Facebook a couple times. Um, turned, turned out he didn't have much of a career after that. Um, but yeah, he had a song called Brandon Jennings. It was actually pretty cool. Okay. Had another song about Eric Berry. Um, it was, you know, the song Halle Berry by Hurricane Chris. Yeah. It was just that, but he, instead of saying Halle Berry, it was Eric Berry. That's like doing a Mo Bamba remix, but Mo Wagner. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, the Mo Bamba's, like, they really, they don't even say Mo Bamba much in the song, no, they don't. unfortunately. Okay, that'll wrap it up. Really looking forward to All-Star Weekend. Big slate tonight, like we said, 11 games, then two games on Thursday. I will be in Chicago on site. Um, you know, probably just be hanging with LeBron, hanging with the clutch guys, as usual, like I do most weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll have some good stories, uh, to come out of that. So, um, you and Shannon are still doing the pod on Friday this week. Yep. All right. Well, keep an eye out for that. Brandon Jennings with the rock. You can check my swag. Young money never stop. You can check my tags because I am so jet wet. Everybody lags. So when I take up, you can check my bags. I swag. When I come through, many don't show. I swag. Where you want Brandon Jennings, don't go. I swag. I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear. Got swag, got flavor, that's bad for a hater. Uh-huh. On the flow, dribble, scope, pass first, the creative. Yeah. What's good, greatness, I'm next to you like a neighbor. Cause yeah. when I am in the game, I'm bringing light like a saber. Bite like a saber uh-huh. tooth, hype like I made the uh-huh. truth. Hate on me, then you can take a hike like a Raider QB. DJ, all eyes on me. Float like a butterfly, my mind's Ali. I see the critics, and I really just laugh. Cause they hating how I had the freshest interest in the draft So get ready for my wrath I took a different path That would leave you feeling drained Like you coming out the bath See the last year in Rome I can never show fatigue Kept my eyes on the prize Getting ready for the league Now the crowd finna cheer Driven so put it in gear Show my style to the world Doobie doo finally here Brandon Jennings with the rock You can check my swag Young money never stop You can check my tags Because I am so jet wet Everybody lags So when I take off You can check Check my bags, I swear. When I come through, many don't show. I swear. Where you want Brandon Jennings, don't go. I swear. I swear. I swear. I swear. I swear. I swear.
bigs can't guard me, guards can't stop me. That's why I was picked number 10 by Milwaukee. Put me in the game so ice like hockey. New level, but I still own like Rocky. Oh, so shocking. Game so hefty. Play so right, but the J so lefty. Deadly, lethal, never find an equal. I ain't the first. Well, homie, I'm the sequel. See, full of Buck fans wanna come see me. BJ3, I'm the brand new PG. Watch me make the whole game look easy. Step up time, cause my step back's Fiji. Like water, the defense so still. Kinda like I gave him 63 over at Oak Hill. So still, I will want more. Mind of a champ ever since Belmont Shore. Greater Jennings with the rock, you can check my swag. Young money never stop, you can check my tags. Cause I am so jet wet, everybody lags So when I take off, you can check my bags I swag, when I come through, many don't show I swag, where you want Brandon Jennings gon' go I swag, I swag, I swag, I swag, I swag. I swag. Brandon Jennings with the rock, you can check my swag Young money never stop, you can check my tags Cause I am so jet wet, everybody lags So when I take off, you can check my bags I swag, when I come through, many Many don't show, I swag, where you want Brandon Jennings gon' go, I swag, I swag, I swag, I swag. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com